Good evening. Today is Monday, July 25th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is Into Action, step 10, and our speaker tonight is Annabelle Z. Thank you, Annabelle. Thank you, Amy. My name is Annabelle, and I am recovered. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered in Washington State, and it's um, just really a it's really a privilege to be doing this. And I thank for whoever asked me to, to share. I, it's Kaylee, I think, anyway, um, because it gives me an opportunity to really reflect on this program. You know, am I doing what it says? Am I doing what I share with sponsees that they should be doing? And so, um, and the other thing is so cool because I realized like I'm doing this and it made me feel really like that is why my life is good right now. You know, that's why my life is not miserable and I'm not fighting food anymore. And I'm not trying to trick people into thinking I'm good when I'm not acting in good ways and I'm not lying to myself. Um, so it's, um, it's really, it, it's an opportunity that I don't take lightly because I get to feel uh, rewarded and blessed probably more than anything I want to say to you. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, and the 10 step is just like, lucky me, I get to talk about the 10 step. Um, first of all, um, uh, I've been in, a, just to, to qualify, I came into the rooms in a different program. So I, I worked the 12 steps in the father program, if you will, for years and years and years. And I came into OA when I was in my twenties because I pretty much switched addictions right off the bat and um, you know gained a lot of weight and, um, but I'd already, I mean, food number one addiction when I was nine years old, I was comparing my body to my friend's bodies. I was eating the rest of the cookies when no one was looking. I was hiding bread and butter. I mean, you know, this is way before I even started drinking alcohol. So um, when I, um, I'm on a meeting, sorry. Um, when I, um, when I found alcohol, that was, you know, it, it sufficed it sufficed for a while. And I actually did a lot of kind of anorexic and exercise, exercise bulimia. Um, when I, when I drank thinking, and there was one point where I just thought, Oh, I don't have to eat at all because there's so many calories and alcohol. I mean, it was still all about calories and how I looked and my body image. And when I got, uh, sober, I uh, left college and got into the 12 step program. I immediately switched to food behaviors. And like I said, gained a lot of weight when I was three years, two years sober. Um, I was found with the shades pulled my, um, my friend came into my house. There was cookie boxes all over the floor. The shades were pulled. It was dark. I lived alone. And I was so desperate for a way out. And she took me to my first OA meeting and that was in Eugene, Oregon. I was living there finishing school at the time. And she took me there and I met some really nice people in a way. And there was um, this woman there who I knew from AA. And she told me that she had so much shame about being an alcoholic, but about food. She's like, oh yeah, I'm a compulsive reader and yay, I'm abstinent. And I was appalled. I was mortified. Like, how could you not have shame around, you know, eating out of the garbage and eating other people's food and hiding like sneak? I mean, at restaurants, I snuck ends of people's you know, food. I mean, it was just awful. And I had so much shame around that. I didn't, I still glorified alcohol, even though I wasn't drinking. Oh, I drank so much. Oh, oh, oh. 
but I was supposedly sober. Well, fast forward another four years or so, and um, now I was in graduate school, exercise bulimia and anorexia really kicked in because I was so stressed that the only way I could feel like I had some kind of control was to um, exercise and get this runner's high kind of a feeling as I learned my, my uh, studies. And from there, I went to, uh, I had no period. I didn't menstruate for five months because I had no fat on my body. And I was crazy. In the, I mean, I was batshit crazy. Sorry. <laughs> I was, I couldn't socialize. I was not socially awkward. I was like paranoid. And I guess that happens when you have honey fat and hormones in your body. But I went to a doctor and um, I was supposed to go to a, a help group for anorexics. And I was like, I don't need this stuff. I just need to go to school and go back to, you know, work steps again, but I went to an, AA, an OA meeting and, um, just enough, cause I knew I had a problem, but I just wasn't ready. And I just didn't admit it. So, you know, I graduate under my thirties, my thirties, I was still hanging on to that exercise. You know, as long as I exercise enough, I'll be okay. And it's all about body image. And in my forties, and I was able to maintain a good weight, even with my kids. And I was like proud of myself that I lost pregnancy weight and, you know, so much control in my head, my marriage suffered my children were not happy kids. I was a very angry mother. And um, in my 40s, I then realized I couldn't keep weight off and I couldn't take weight off. And lo and behold, these things happen when you age. And, um, and I was just mortified. I was starting to gain weight. And then when I turned, and I never went back to OA, but when I turned 50 um, in May of 2020, um, right before that, I had joined, I said, I need to go back to OA. And I joined a chat group on Friday night on online chat. And I didn't realize that existed. And I never felt so home in my life. And meanwhile, I'm still very active in AA, you know, doing all that, but this was different. This was, this was home. This is, I was ready. And I did that a couple of Fridays in a row. And then this is my last, um, my, 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 um, what do you call it? My, um, darkest hour was for my husband's birthday. I bought him a 3010 weight loss program so that he could, you know, lose weight. Cause isn't that nice of me? And, um, you know, it really pains me to say that today, but I did. And it was so that I could lose weight and I'll do it with you, honey. I'll do it with you. Well, I did lose the weight and I did, you know, gain the, whatever graduate. Um, and it doesn't matter whether my husband did or not. The point is, is that within three weeks of finishing that program, I was 30% back up to where I had been. And I just couldn't believe it. And it occurred to me that I am an addict. I am a food addict. And uh, it took a little while yet, but about another month later, on a, right around the first week in October of 2020, I found uh, OA on virtual, on Zoom. And pretty quickly was guided to the Vision for You meeting and the Saturday morning Cornwall meeting and uh, a couple other meetings that um, people that I that had something I wanted, I'd ask them, well, what other meetings do you go to? And they guide me to these meetings. And so I, I started the steps. I worked the steps really fast in seven days with my sponsor, seven days in seven weeks with my sponsor. Um, we did it by these sheets and um, I was absent and started working uh, with others. Um, I did have a, some sugar and I knew for me, that was a, that was a trigger. And I felt like I wanted to change my abstinent date. So I did. So it wasn't October 9th. It's like Christmas day, whatever, October or December 26th of 2020, but it doesn't really mean anything to me today. It just means 
that, okay, that was the last time I had sugar, right? Like objectioningly and rebelliously, because I was like, oh, it should be fine. And it was kind of a Jim's whiskey in the milk experience where I just said, well, if I just have it with this other thing, it's fine. If I'm supposed to have it with the thing that goes with, and anyway, I, I, I ate it and I shouldn't have eaten it and it wasn't part of my food plan. So um, I feel clean and I've been clean living ever since and clean eating ever since. And I, what do I do to continue to grow is the big question. And that's what the 10 steps about. So um, I, uh, and I'm working with the same sponsor again, which is awesome. And we're going through the big book again together, which is awesome. And we're just starting on another fourth step. So the 10th step is, um, you know, continuing to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly, promptly admitted it. Um, in the big book and the 12 and 12 talk about, you know, what kinds of inventory we take and there's the spot check inventory throughout the day. And I think that that has been the most um, used 10 step for me since I've been in OA. And it's amazing because we didn't do that in AA. And I'm like, this is a miracle. This is like clean living. This is like every moment of every day. If I feel like I'm awkward or I'm angry or I'm hurt or I'm afraid. Like I get to do an inventory over it. It doesn't take 17 hours. It's just like, oh, look at that. Look at me. I'm being selfish. Look at that. I'm resenting that person and, and take a look at what it does. So, um, um, yeah, uh, sorry, just a little bit over the place. On page 84 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's it, the 10th step comes after we read the ninth step, the promises, right? And it says that they will always materialize if we work for them. And this work is the 10th, 11th and 12th step. And I'm gonna focus on the 10th step, but that is the work I have to do always in order for these promises to materialize. These promises of not being self-seeking anymore. The promises that I won't be in self-pity anymore and I won't feel useless anymore. The promise that my outlook on life will change and that I will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me. And these promises are, have come true. I would say all of them have come true. So the 10th step is a suggestion. Um, this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. But just like jumping out of an airplane, it suggested you pull the ripcord on your parachute. We really should do this 10th step. And a little farther in the paragraph, it's, it says the word should. But um, I'll keep reading. Um, we've entered the world of the spirit. You know, this, this, as we commence the way, this way of living, um, as, as we clean up the past, we've entered the world of the spirit. So I'm living a new life now. It's a new way. And it's a spiritual way. And so my job now, my function is to continue to grow an understanding of what that spiritual way of life is. And it's an ongoing lifelong journey and a, and a lifelong process. This is not something I do. And how I did the steps back in 1982, you know, this is every day. And sure, there are days I don't do a 10 step. Yeah. And maybe it's because I had a great day. Maybe it's because I'm having a really bad day and procrastinated. But for the most part, I do this on a very regular basis. And it says it's not an overnight matter. It'll continue for a lifetime. Or that's the should. It should continue for a lifetime. And it goes on to say, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. 
We discuss them immediately with someone and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. And then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Why? Because love and tolerance is our code. And I just wrote a few things on how I do this 10th step. Everything I do now has to be based in conscious contact with a higher power, right? That's my new way of living. We've entered the world of the spirit. And I have to do that in the morning by praying and in the morning by connecting with who I am, what I'm doing, how does God see me and how are other people seeing me? And right living with others is really the only option I have because otherwise I will be in, um, in resentment and fear and I will harm people. And the other thing is admitting my own wrongs and not judging other people's wrongs. That's really easy for me to judge other people's wrongs. Like people are doing wrong stuff all the time. And the truth is they are, but that's not my business. My business is what I've done wrong. And it's so freeing to realize that I'm dealing with the situation with my sister right now. And um, I did a 10th step on that. And I will share that with you because the process has been like miraculous. So the steps, um, sorry. So the work of the 12 steps is ongoing. It's not something we just continue to do. So we watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And these are things that crop up like all the time, but I don't know they're cropping up. All I know is you're pissing me off or you took my time or you took my money, my energy, or my security. That's, that's what I think. But if I do a 10 step, I get to go, oh, this is, I got a resentment or, oh my gosh, I'm in fear. Or I am looking at this through an entirely egotistical lens. That is a lie I tell myself and that's dishonesty. So um, when I crop up, what do I do with these? I want to be free of bad feeling and I have an option. I can go, I mean, what did I always do to free me of bad feeling? You know, I go to the fridge, I go to the pantry or I go yell at somebody or I go isolate or maybe I'd go get a massage. You know, when these crop up now, those other things that they might've given me some victory or some freedom, not freedom, it gave me some kind of a little joy. But even in the end, even eating didn't, I, I could not get a high or relief from food. And I just want to interject that if you're still getting a high and relief from food, that, it, that does concern me because not concern me, but in order to really get this program, I think that we really have to be as desperate as the drowning are. And I, I was so desperate because I couldn't stop this thing called binge and purge, binge and purge, binge and purge. I, I could not of my own will stop it. And so if you're there, that's awesome because that's the place to start. That's, there's no way but up from there. Um, so how do I get free of the bad feelings today? Well, I could get that temporary relief from eating, but that didn't happen. Um, or I can ask God to remove these things. And it's not just a, you know, it says like, oh, we ask God wants to remove them, but I really do have to look at why I have them. And that's the spot check inventory. And I can do that any time of day. There's also the day's end review that my sponsor always encourages me to do. And I've been, it's slow to acquire it into my life because I'm really tired when I go to bed, but, um, I do review the day and I go, God, let's see, what did I do? Is there anything I should have done better? Do I owe anyone an amends? You know, and I kind of look at it that way. And for the most part, I 
I might jump out of bed and go say, I'm sorry to my son or my husband on occasion. It hasn't happened in a while. Um, but because I'm doing a daily inventory and spot check of like, and I'm also um, practicing restraint of tongue and pen. It talks about the restraint of tongue and pen in the 10th step in the, um, in the 12 and 12s uh, of AA. And, uh, and that, I just didn't understand. That to me was just like, well, I'm just not going to say anything you know, and like cold shoulder, like that's not restraint of tongue and pen. Restraint of tongue and pen is actually stopping and thinking, what's my part here? Do I need to say that? Is it kind? And does it need to be said, you know, to really step back and stop. So at the day's end, I really don't have a lot of things to, to stew over and go, ah, I was a crappy person. So I've, all, I've started to add in a gratitude list at the end of the day. And that is to me, that's my inventory right now of going, what am I, what do I have? And really looking at, I mean, it's, it's truth. It's my reality. Yes. Sometimes I have resentment and that's where I'll get to my sister, the 10th step from my sister. Um, then the third one is the once or twice a year full inventory. And I am totally doing an inventory this week with my sponsor. So I can look at anytime I'm disturbed, something's wrong with me. And that's definitely a spiritual axiom. Uh, that doesn't mean other people aren't doing wrong, but it doesn't matter. I just look at what's wrong with me. I've trained myself to step back and, and, um, and think, you know, restraining my tongue and also restraining from like rash accent actions that'll get me out of this feeling. I, I, I sit with my feelings today a lot more. Um, and then I practice courtesy, kindness and joy and love and, and um, justice and service, even when I don't quite want to. And what ends up happening is like this spiritual axiom, all of a sudden I feel better. So when I have a resentment, like my sister, my sister, um, she's staying in my parents' house. My dad just died. I, my mom has uh, Alzheimer's. I took her back with me to, from Connecticut to Washington state. And my sister's staying in my parents' lovely 6,000 square foot estate with the pool and the pool guys and the gardeners and yada, yada. And I kind of started brewing a little resentment about that. Like, well, she needs to go back to her apartment and, you know, and um, I, the cool thing about the 10 step compared to the four step is I just get to go, yeah, this world and its people are really affecting me. That's all I have to do. And then immediately just go to the, where was I selfish, self-seeking and dishonest and afraid. And I'm selfish because I'm trying to make her see that she's taking advantage of, and I'll manipulate her and just these little words and the way I speak to make it look like she's doing something wrong. Um, and act like I'm just concerned and inquiring about where she, what she's doing and, oh, how long are you going to stay there? And I'm self-seeking because I, I saw accolades for all that I'm doing, you know? And, um, and the truth is, is I'm not 100% caring just about my mom, even though I would like to think I'm that virtuous. You know, I also am like, well, you know, when is the will going to be read and what am I going to get out of this deal? I mean, I, I hate to admit it, but it's there, you know? And then what is my fear? My fear is that I'm not going to have enough. And my fear is that I'm going to miss out. I'm going to miss out on the fancy club and the pool and that, like, I don't even want that. But like my, my fear is that I'll miss out on something. And um, the dishonesty is that I won't get enough. Like I believe that lie and it's a total lie. Of course I will get enough. My fear that I won't have enough is because I don't trust that my God will provide. Like, I've always been provided for, even though when I was living on $500 a month, I'm okay. I'm full. And I will always have that fullness because my higher power loves me that much. And I believe that hundred percent today when I'm in fear, I'm just forgetting it. 
doesn't mean it, make it any less real. It's just that I forgot it. And then I remember it because I do a 10 step and I go, oh, that's right. I have a fear because my self-reliance is failing me. I'm relying on my lies. I'm relying on my selfishness. And instead I get to rely on this infinite love, power of love. And um, this fear of missing out is thinking that I don't believe that God has me right where he wants me. And so when I remember that God has right where he wants me and including, you know, on this meeting right now with my husband talking to my mom outside, it's, um, am I, am I at time? You are time. Yeah. Thank okay. You. Yeah. So, um, but that's pretty much it. I, I could go on, you know, just doing a fear inventory and just doing a dishonesty inventory. And of course there's the sex inventory, but that's more of the fourth set. Um, I do this every day in order to escape the feeling I'm just wrapping up of wanting something, that feeling, I just, I have to have something. I, I don't like the feeling I'm having. And when I do this, that feeling goes away and I recoil from food from a hot, as though from a hot flame, I have neutrality around food. It's a freaking miracle, but I have to do the work. And the work is that continued 10th step and 11th and 12th step. Oh, and that is my time. So thank you very much. Appreciate everybody listening. And thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Thank you so much, Annabelle. That was really wonderful. And um, we will now, oops, lost my camera. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step, tonight, step 10 being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And our Zoom host, Yvonne, will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would our timekeeper, Amy, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Thanks, go ahead, Lisa. Hey, Lisa, compulsive overeater in Georgia. Thank you, Annabelle, that was that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Oh my gosh, we have so much in common, it's scary. Um, yeah, so I, um, um, oh my goodness, yeah. Same thing with me, with the steps, with all the steps. I just, in the mother program, I just thought I've been there, done that, and, and it's all good. And it's like the peeling of the onion. I, I'm certain because when I was really ready to understand the 10th step and utilize it, it's like the onion was peeling. And I will never forget my, my sponsor, my sponsor today. Um, oh shoot, I didn't set my time. Um, she, um, she had me read pages 84 to 88 every morning, 84 to 88 in the big book. And of course that's steps 10 and 11. And even when I wasn't at step 10, she would have me process resentments as they would come up. And I'm talking years in programs, years in programs. And I had never processed a resentment as it would come up. And I remember in the beginning, you know, cause she showed me how to do it, just like it says in the big book. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm never gonna be able to get this, right? I, I wrote it down. I would take it with me everywhere I went. And then it just becomes 
it's I I can be driving and process a resentment, you know. So there is so much um, power in this step. There is so much relief in this step. I cannot believe the years that I went in programs not utilizing it. It's magical. It really is. And just like you you said, it's perfect. You know, we look at who am I resentful or what am I resentful at? Why? What does it affect in me? What parts of self are affected? And then the magic part, what is my part, you know? And then praying, you know, God, please relieve me of these of these character defects, direct my attention to what you would have me be. Um, and then I go on with my day. I mean, like, how cool is that, right? And it's gone. And if it, and, you know, if it comes back, I, I might dig a little deeper. So anyway, thanks so much for sharing. Thanks, Lisa. Amy B, go ahead. Thank you so much, Amy B, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Um, thank you so much, Yvonne and Amy L, for your service tonight and everybody reading and everybody just here adding your energy because we don't do this alone. And thank you, Annabelle, for your service tonight, carrying the message. Thank you for sharing so honestly about your experience um, in the rooms and the disease and with the 10 step. And I love how you talked about all of the kinds of inventories, the spot check inventory, the nightly review and a deeper dive with like a fuller inventory. Cause step 10 says, continue to take personal inventory and personal inventory. As far as the 12 and 12 teaches me is it takes different forms. Um, and perfect example, some of, you know, my dad has been in the hospital with COVID. My mother, she's, he was supposed to be released today. Then he wasn't released today. He's supposed to go home with oxygen that upset my mother. She, all of the, everything that goes on. I have very recently, like in the past few days, I did a full fourth step and fifth step inventory on both of them on the situation. And um, I have also lovingly given, been given a chance to review that in spot check inventories several times during the day. And I know it was a part of my nightly review inventory last night. I'm quite sure it will be there tonight as well. And I get to take the different kinds of personal inventory on what's happening in my life on life's terms, life today. Um, and I learned different things from each of the different pieces of personal inventory. And the fact that today, when I was having a spot check moment, I actually grabbed the four, it's like sitting right here next to me, the four step that I just did. I grabbed the four step and I turned to the fear page and I looked at the, you know, oh, oh, right. What did, where did I connect with what my, what my higher power would have me be when my mother, you know, patient, loving, tolerant, respectful, trusting that God will help all of us deal with our feelings. And having that personal inventory that was deeper in a moment of my 10th step when I needed it in the moment kept me from doing harm when my mom was freaking out on the phone with me 
So anyway, I'm seeing my time run down. Thank you so much. I love uh, uh, being here and talking about this with you all. I pass. Thank you, Amy. Uh, Donna, go ahead. Hi, my name is Donna. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic calling from Denver. Um, it's such a pleasure to um, see you and hear you, Annabelle Z. I, I, I'm on the late vision for you call and your name and voice is familiar to me. Um, as a sponsor, one of the things that I often share with people is that you don't have to wait until you're going to be admitted into the burn unit to write a 10th step. It's okay to write a 10th step when you have just a slight skin irritation that would do just fine with a little bit of, um, um, not Purell, that's not where my, 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 my mind wants to say, but you know, a nice soothing lotion. Um, the words of the big book can sometimes be super strong um, which I love and value the direction that they give and the intensity of life and death and the language. And I think sometimes when it comes to a 10th step, it's easy to hear that language and be like, where have I been selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and fearful. But sometimes it's enough to say, where's your static? What's blocking me between myself and my higher power, between me and just this present moment, between me and capital tr truth with truth with a capital T. Um, so I enjoy the opportunity to write a 10 step as often as possible. Um, there's nothing to lose in writing a 10 step. There's only to gain. Um, I think there's to gain personal insight I think sharing it with another person is an opportunity to gain insight from another person and sometimes just connection. Um, sometimes it's just meeting a new fellow and adding them to my address book. And uh, sometimes in those miraculous moments, it feels like the presence of a higher power uh, joining my partner and I, or just myself in, in a personal reflection and doing a 10th step. So it is a miracle. And I think so many people who've touched on it, it's just like, why not do it? It's here, it's a tool, it's awesome. How free, like, do we get to be? And um, so I just wanna close with, if you can remember, you don't have to be admitted to the burn unit to have to do a 10 step. It can be much um, gentler than that. And with that, I'll pass, thank you. Thank you, Donna. Betty, go ahead. Hi, I am Betty S., a recovered compulsive reader from Florida. So grateful to be here. Annabelle, thank you so much for your, your sharing. Um, it's so, and everybody for your service, Amy and everyone else who's doing service. I'm so happy to be here with everybody. Um, it's so important for, for us, for me to hear other people's story because then I, I once again feel like I'm not alone. And I once again feel like I'm in the right place. And that alone um, keeps me coming, well, not that alone, but that in addition to everything else that keeps me coming back one day at a time. 
the 10th step for me, um, I've had so many different experiences with the 10th step. And I want to tell you two that um, it jump out at me when we're talking about it. One is when I get to the burn unit, you know, when I get to the burn unit and I wait, that's one 10th step that I have done. Not as thorough, not as, not as effective because I waited too long. Slippery, very slippery for me. The other day, I did a 10 step because something out of the clear blue hit me and I went right into resentment. I mean, full blown, which I haven't felt in so long. And you know what? I picked up that phone so fast. I didn't know what hit me. And thank God I did because I really needed someone to help me through it. There's other times when, you know, I'm restless, irritable, discontent. I'm thinking, oh, what's going on? You know, if I'm that aware that day, what's going on? And if I look at it, nine times out of 10, there's a resentment or a fear that I need to deal with. Sometimes it's just a small one, just an irritation that has turned into a resentment. Um, the danger with this disease is letting my resentments build up, the buildup of human emotion. That's what always turned me to food because I did not want to feel any of that. It was so uncomfortable, so dis-ease, so uncomfortable. And so I just shoved the food in my mouth to push those feelings down, never talked about them, never mentioned them, and the disease took off on its merry way. Now I have this tool and it's up to me to take the action to use it. And I'm so grateful I do, I do have it because I'm building, I'm building in my program, my fellowship, you know, I'm building the fellowship around me that I can support and they can support me. And that's what it's all about is not being alone with my disease. That's and so the 10 step gets And thank you so much for being here. Thanks again, everybody for doing service and I pass. Okay, I'm just gonna stop the recording.